Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah and I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi Jess, welcome to second episode in our HIV Heroes season. Hello, I'm very excited. I'm excited today because you are covering one of my HIV heroes. Really? Mm. I think this person is a lot of HIV, a lot of people's HIV hero. <laughs> a lot of HIV. No, <laughs> that came out wrong. A lot of people's HIV hero. And it's someone that I thought, let's cover, let's delve a little bit more into them because we know so much about them, but perhaps not, not some of the history. And I actually think it's important to say all the people we're covering it's just a small part of their life that we're looking at, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much more than, than just what they've done in the world of HIV. We totally acknowledge that. It's just we're just focusing on what they've done in the world of HIV to be an HIV hero. Definitely. Now, I think out of the two of us, I do think you have the harder job when it comes to looking at our heroes because you are focusing more on modern day heroes and I'm doing heroes from the past in my new role as HIV. HIV historian, yes. Historian. yes. forgotten, don't worry. So I have a lot more information available to me um, on the internet. Wikipedia, as I've said before, is my friend, than you. So you've had to, um, I would say, do more comprehensive research. Yes, yeah. Look it's at your awesome. face, you didn't realise that. Are you like, hold on a moment, <laughs> we should stop. <laughs> No, because I've got some fab, fab people and you're going to love it. So 
my sources today are a BBC article by Jared Lawtham, um, an article by Cherwell.org by William Foxton and Wikipedia. We love Wikipedia, right? Oh, absolutely. So today, Sarah, let me yes. take you, come with me on a journey to Neath, Neath, which is a town in Wales. And there, in 1961, Jill Nalder was born. Oh, God, I love her. Okay, good. So you do know who we're talking about? Yes, I do. Fantastic. So for everyone else, if, if you, you might know the first name, but the surname you might not be so familiar with. So it's who the character Jill was based on in the smash hit series, It's a Sin. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Jill today and why she's my HIV hero. Okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's go back. Now, Jill grew up in Neath and she attended the West Glamorgan Youth Theatre. In 1980, she decided to move to London and there she trained at the Mountview Academy of Theatre Arts in Musical Theatre. After she graduated, she began performing in West End Productions and she played, hold on for my pronunciation of this, Madame Fenardier. So sorry, everyone, if that was terrible. But that's from Les Miserables, just like in It's a Sin. Yes, exactly the same. She was in, in Les Miserables as well. Oh, God. Yes. And Jill also appeared in musical touring productions. And she's one of the founder members of the West Enders, which is a musical theatre group with a repertoire of songs drawn from West End and Broadway musicals. Right. OK. So that's anyway. While she was studying at the Musical Theatre in London, she and three friends decided to move in together. They got a lovely flat and they dubbed it, can you guess? Oh! The Pink Palace? They did. It's really it's Seriously? Honestly, yeah, it's true. So they paid £80 a week for the apartment after seeing an advert in the paper. And Jill in an interview was chatting about the Pink Palace and she said it was fantastic. Most of it was pink, pink curtains, a big pink sofa, and even a massive pink drain. It had three big chandeliers and silver service cutlery everywhere. We thought, oh my word, it's like a palace. So we called it the Pink Palace. Oh my gosh, so that actually existed and she actually lived in it. Yes, so a real place. So from the show, obviously I'm imagining they looked a bit different, but the Pink Palace, I just thought that was something that was part of uh, a bit of artistic license that they had added in, but fantastic oh. to, to know that there was a real Pink Palace. Yeah, I know. I mean, I knew that Jill was based on Jill, but I didn't realise that there are other elements of her life yeah. were incorporated as well. Yes. So, as we know from the show, Jill um, was heavily connected to HIV. Now, how that began was Jill said she was first made aware, she first became aware of HIV when she heard the rumours of the gay flu coming over from America. We see that in It's a Sin, don't we? Yes, yes. Talking to Colin, she's asking him, when you go to America, can you bring back some information and things? Again, another parallel that was directly drawn from Jill's life that we see Jill going through. So her first direct encounter with AIDS was the death of a friend from college. Jill said he'd gone home because he was ill and then suddenly we heard he'd died. Nobody knew what had happened to him. He was 26 She explained there had been rumours that he had died of AIDS, but this wasn't something that was ever explicitly said. I can't imagine how hard that must be to have a friend pass away and there are just rumours, but you're not entirely sure what's actually Mm. happened. Gosh, how frightening. Yeah. 
I, I think that would be really frightening. And, yeah. and with no closure. Yeah. That would be difficult. Oh, wouldn't it? So what they said in the, in the series then, when they said people were going home to die, that well, obviously that's actually what was happening. Yes, yeah. Oh, gosh. And having to just deal with that as someone's friend, knowing they've gone off home, you can't see them, and then you just hear that they've passed away. Yeah, so difficult. So as we saw in It's a Sin, Jill helped lots of people who were positive, and Jill was sworn to secrecy by friends who'd received a diagnosis. And about this, she said they were desperate not to be labelled. They were desperate not to think that they couldn't have the life they wanted And they also feared that the news might reach their families. They felt ashamed. They didn't want to let their families down. And she said, there's a a desire to protect your parents because you think they might be stigmatised too. It doesn't stop with the person. Some people would be horrible to the family too if they heard rumours. It becomes a stigma for the entire family. Yeah, so true, isn't it? I think that's still true now to a certain extent. Not with everybody, but we still get people referred to us that just won't share their diagnosis with the family because of the shame it might bring on them. And I can understand that. Like you're saying, although we have moved forward and stigma has lessened somewhat, there is still a lot of stigma. And we even know that some of our service users, when they have disclosed to friends or family, have then been shunned by them. I mean, this is much like what she's describing, isn't it? even now absolutely yeah and how it was back then do you know the other thing is obviously people are referred to us and they can talk to us about their diagnosis even if they don't want to tell friends or family and then we have each other to talk to um because sometimes it is upsetting to hear how people feel about their diagnosis but I can't imagine back then where people were confiding in her and she couldn't tell anybody that's quite a weight to carry isn't it Mm. a real real weight so she actually went on again like we saw at the end of it so where she was visiting men in hospital um and she talks about that in one of these articles and she describes the visits to the hospital wards she says they were full of young gay men all of whom carried a great shame and sadness some had visitors, um, though many were too ashamed to tell their friends and family. And she took on a real sort of maternal role, caring for lots of these men who had HIV or AIDS and felt like they couldn't tell their family. Um, she says it was physically and emotionally demanding, but she never, never considered walking away from those in need. Talking about this, she said, once you're involved in somebody's care, particularly when you know their life is not going to be that long, you can't let them down. You can't turn your back. Like you say, you're taking on everyone else's uh, emotion as well. And I'm not surprised that it's described as physically and emotionally demanding. Mm. So difficult. Huge. Nice. Enver, isn't it? Oh, I, I can't imagine. I'm not sure I could do that. I don't know whether I could because it must have been quite isolating. And I don't know, I don't think I'd have been strong enough, I think, to cope with it on my own. I think it's different if you're working for an organisation like AS, you know, it's a, it's a job and at the end of the day, you might take everything home with you, but it's still, you know, we worked really hard to not do that. Yes. Well, there, there are services in place now. There's counselling for support workers. There mm. are, we have mechanisms to make sure that no one's overloaded and they're not taking things home too much 
but like you're saying, it's it's a massive thing to carry yourself. Like I absolute just amazing woman. Very committed. Completely. Their choice, isn't it, to work and if you know mm. so but you can't in that situation. Oh, she's now elevated to even higher than a what's higher than a hero? You elevate everyone every week. Do you know that? You're going to need <laughs> to find a new term because every week the more we hear about people, they get elevated to a higher status. I've just promote everybody. <laughs> right. Sometimes you're saying an HIV hero almost just doesn't feel enough. So I know what you're saying. But I don't know what the next yeah. would be. <laughs> Me I'm going to give it some thought. So more about Jill now. So as more of her friends were diagnosed, Jill became a fierce campaigner. She threw herself into activism and really to help those in need. And in the late 1980s, she set up the charity West End Cares with a group of seven fellow West End performers. The charity's still going and you might have heard of them. They're now called Theatre Mad. Make a difference? I have. I have heard of them. Yes. She- up. She was one of, um, there are a group of seven fellow West End performers that she set out with, so eight of them that set that all up. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, no, I have to say I didn't either. This is what I'm saying. There's so much we don't, I didn't previously know about her that she's done. No. Mm. Oh my goodness. The Make a Difference Trust, just for those who haven't heard of them. So they raise funds for HIV and AIDS projects and build awareness and provide care, support and education in the UK and sub-Saharan Africa. And I have to tell you this, since its inception, they've raised around £14 million. 14? One, four. 14. Yeah. No. I mean, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's a huge amount. Yeah. So as part of her work with West End Cares, which, as we discussed, then went on to be theatre mad, she funded vital research, gave money to those who were unable to work due to the disease, and helped raise awareness and solidarity for sufferers. And she was relentless. She organised late night cabarets, competitions, raffles, concerts. And that some of that actually sounds. So helping people, giving money to those who were unable to work due to being positive. That's almost like the very inception of an HIV hardship fund, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Where that kind of thing really began. And we still have those to this day because people still need that help and support. Yeah. Absolutely. And she started all of that. Yeah. Where did she get all her energy from? It's, uh, yeah. It's, do you see why, why she's an HIV hero? I know you want to elevate her, but for now we have <laughs> to keep that term. We don't have anything else yet. <laughs> well, so. I do, because she's doing so much to support people affected, to raise awareness. I mean, we know how hard it is to raise awareness. You do need a certain amount of energy and resilience. Um, but she seems to have that in by the bucket load. Yes, she definitely does. I suppose something so close to her heart. Mm. So remember that I mentioned earlier that Jill grew up in Neath. Yes, in Wales, yes. Yes, town in Wales. So she had a very talented childhood friend that you've probably heard of, Russell T. Davis. <gasps> Another favourite. <laughs> oh, God, I love him. I know. So for those that don't know, he's the writer of It's a Sin, but also tons of other fantastic dramas, Queer as Folk, Cucumber, Banana, Years and Years, one of your favourites I know. Oh Um, gosh, another fantastic TV series. I feel like your excitement can't get any more on this. I know. 
So two of my favourite people now. It's good, isn't it? So they met when they were just 14 years old and they met at the youth theatre in West Glamorgan. So Jill shared her life stories with Russell as he was developing the script for It's a Sin. And he based the character of Jill Baxter in the show on Jill Nalder's life at that time. And obviously we know that Jill Baxter in the show is played by Lydia West. Mm. But Jill herself, for those that don't know, was also in the show. And she was cast as Jill Baxter's mother. Oh, I think that's so nice. So she played Christine Baxter. Mm. Yeah, I remember her. I love that he included her in the show. Obviously, as we know, she obviously shared a lot of her life stories because of all of the parallels that we've talked about that are mentioned in the show. But I love that she was in it as well. Yes, so do I. Oh, who would have thought two such phenomenal people would be linked in this way? Well, talking about that, so speaking about the impact of It's a Sin and uh, also her own impact, Jill said... It's incredible, quite incredible that you have any legacy in this world. But Russell's legacy, oh my God, it's enormous. And when you're part of that, it takes you by surprise, I tell you. Mm. And I almost can't imagine how overwhelming it must have been for Jill because this was just her life. This was just, okay, I, I support my friends and this is what I do. And then all of a sudden you're propelled into the spotlight and everyone's talking about you and and everyone wants to be like you. There's the hashtag, be more Jill. Yes. Absolutely. It must be so overwhelming. Yeah. Suddenly, and people are making podcasts about you. Yes, that's true. Amazing, you know? amazing you are. Oh, I think, because they're two very inspiring people, aren't they? Definitely. The, when they're joined together, I mean, that's, that's hugely inspirational to everybody else. Yeah, an absolute... Forced to be reckoned with, definitely. Very much so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, sadly, Jill lost four of her very close friends to AIDS. And I wanted to include this because I thought it was such an amazing quote. So she said, I can't say names because of their families. I'd like to shout their names from the rooftops. Of course I would. They were incredibly brave human beings. And if it was any other illness other than AIDS, I would but it wouldn't be right to their families. It's not for me to decide that. But they were fabulous. They were all just fabulous. Oh, oh, it's made me sad. I know it makes me well up when I read that because I think mm. you can really feel that. And, you know, we're talking about present day where you're still not wanting, of course, to just name people. Their families might not be comfortable with that. And that's theirs to deal with. But yeah. But Jill is still doing lots. Let me tell you what Jill is still up to, by the way. So now... She's still, what, around HIV? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she's still... She's, she, I mean, obviously, as we said at the start, her life is full of many, many other things aside from HIV. But in the field of HIV, yes. So nowadays... So Jill's still acting and raising awareness. She continues to perform as part of the West Enders, who actually, I looked them up, and they are fab. Are um, they? Oh, yeah, I should definitely go and have a look. Um, But in April this year, Jill was involved in the Manchester Pride Conference, speaking about the power of being an ally. And this year, she also became a patron of the Sussex Beacon. So the Sussex Beacon, you know, don't you? Yes, excellent organisation. They offer HIV support. So congratulations, Jill and the Sussex Beacon. Wow. Still, still doing so much work. So 
for me to summarize the impact that Jill has had on HIV is huge. Like the love, the care, the support she's given to so many people, but not just that, also the inspiration for the character Mm. Jill, which inspired the hashtag that we talked about, hashtag be more Jill. It has encouraged so many people to find out more about HIV and to also want to follow in her footsteps and offer support. We know here at TVPS from direct experience, we saw a big increase of the number of people wanting to volunteer with us because they were inspired by Jill's character on It's a Sin. So all of these things, without a doubt, make Jill Nalda an absolute HIV hero. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Gosh, imagine making that much difference, people with HIV, for that length of time. I mean, when she started visiting men in hospital, I mean, she can't have imagined that it would end up like, like this. Definitely not. I mean, the path your life takes you on. But yeah, I mean, she's just done so, so much. And especially with It's a Sin, being able to share those, everything that she went through, as well as everything that her friends and the gay community and, 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 and everyone was really going through at that time. She was a real pinpoint of that series. And yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, Jill, because you've inspired so many people. She really has. I bet she'd be a really good friend. I mean, that's weird. She probably doesn't want to be your friend, but I imagine she'd be an amazing friend from everything we've just learned. She'd be the best friend, but I'm not sure she wants to be your friend. No, no, I think you're probably right. You know, Jill, reach out if that's something that you're open to. (laughs) Or not, it's fine. So did you enjoy that? I thought that was very interesting, actually. Very, yeah. I want to be more Jill now. I know, I'm I'm looking forward. So that's episode two of our HIV heroes. And Mm, an excellent episode, if I may say so. Very, very good. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you for our next one. Mm, Likewise. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.